Housing Wire listeners. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Housing Wire News Podcast, a podcast that brings you the top headlines from Housing Wire's weekly news coverage and brings in some industry experts to help add some color and perspective to what's happening and actually happening in the industry and, and happening with loan originators uh, on the street across the country. Um, this episode of the Housing Wire News Podcast is brought to you by Blend. Blend is a digital mortgage platform that streamlines the loan process with an efficient, secure, and transparent customer experience. Blend powers both industry-leading teams at some of the nation's largest lenders, as well as regionally-focused credit unions and community banks. With over $1 billion in loans processed daily, every Blend partnership is benchmarked on delivering a truly exceptional customer experience. To learn more about Blend, visit Blend.com. Today, we are joined by two experts in the mortgage industry coming to us from Loan Depot. Alec Hansen is the Senior Vice President and Division Manager of the Pacific Southwest, and TJ Freeborn, Senior Vice President of Customer Experience at Loan Depot. Alec, TJ, welcome. Welcome to the hey, Housing Wire News. Hi. Excited to be here, buddy. Clayton, good to see you, dude. I know we're on video and everyone else is on audio here, but I get to see you, so it's good. <laughs> Great to see you, too. I, I hope we all sound as good as we look on video, since everyone Absolutely. can't see anyone. <laughs> well, uh, well, thank you again for the time today. I'm excited to have you both on the podcast to add some perspective. Um, we've had a, so many news stories that are kind of focused squarely on in the area that where you operate, and, um, and uh, kind of the, the, the non-bank independent mortgage bank land, and uh, yep. with loan originators being hired and kind of a few trends around that point that, that came up on stage at our housing wire engaged marketing conference a few weeks ago. So I was thrilled to have you both join and, and help add some perspective there. Yeah, but, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Awesome. So before we get started, I, I love, I personally love stories. I think everybody in this industry kind of came into the mortgage world and in, in a roundabout way. And there's some really interesting stories out there. So Alec, can you in, introduce yourself to our listeners today and kind of give us your story of how you got started in the industry and, and what brought you to this role you're in today at Loan Depot? Yeah, man, happy to. So it, it's pretty funny. Um, I, I got into this business because I was bored and I asked my dad for a job. And so he, uh, he got me a job and I was, I was shipping uh, loan files. That was my first job in mortgage. He was shipping loan files in downtown Oakland in Northern oh. California. And that was a whole experience. There's plenty of stories around there. Um, but I kind of ended up um, as uh, I stayed up in Northern California for school one summer and didn't come back home in SoCal. And I ended up um, as a processor three ordering appraisals at an operation center. So I did that for about a week before I was going to lose my mind because just ordering an appraisal and putting the file next to you was just, it was going nuts. So I went down to the sales uh, group in the, on the first floor and I said, hey, look, I will do anything you need. Just get me out of the operation site. And so they had me sit on weekends at, um, at a naval housing base that was converted into condominiums. So naval housing converted into condominiums and I sat there all weekend and took loan applications for my summer. Um, and, and when I graduated, I just was like, you know what? This is a pretty incredible industry. I, I just am always thrilled with the fact that you can create your own destiny in mortgage. I mean, you really can. As a salesperson, it's just all up to you. And so, you know, I, 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 I had a great career and I'm loving my new, my role here at Lone Depot and it's been a, it's been a wild ride. That's so you grew up around the industry. You asked your, your dad, well, your dad was a originator or what, what did he do for oh, you? Yeah. My, my dad's done everything um, in this business that, they can, that can be done. Okay. And then, you know, right now my sister's actually an originator for us in Florida 
and she's a total badass. Um, she made Chairman's Elite last year. So, so it's me, my sister, and my dad all in the same industry. So my mom is like, do not talk about, she can't get, we, <laughs> dinners now are all work. She can't fight it now. It's just, it's just all in. It used to be just me and my dad and she could try to shut us down, but now it's no, it's all, it's all done. This is like flashbacks to my childhood right now. So, so my, my dad has been a mortgage lender for 35 years. This was every dinner conversation yes. until the day I graduated high school. So I know exactly what, I know exactly what's going on at your home. <laughs> it, it's so good. <laughs> That's awesome. So when, when did you join Loan Depot? What, what brought you to this, this current role? So around five years ago, I was running Southern California for a company called iMortgage wonderful retail organization, um, very uh, kind of small, you know, kind of more local, like local bank, local correspondent. And I, I love those. I love that day, those days. And um, we were actually one of the first retail acquisitions of Lone Depot. And I remember being terrified because I went through the Countrywide Bank of America acquisition and that was rough. And uh, uh, I remember Anthony Shea got up there and I met him for the first time. And, you know, what is this going to be? And Man, it's been it's been an amazing ride. Um, now about almost five years being part of the family here and watching it grow, um, and just seeing the vision come together from you know a man who you know was consumer direct for a lot of his life, and actually Anthony started as a loan officer in Cerritos, which mm -hmm. people forget, you know, running the streets like us, you know, retail dogs. Um, so it's been really cool to see the whole vision come together and the and the and the birth of the this company and all that stuff. So it's been cool to be a part of it. That's really cool. So we also have TJ today. TJ, can you tell, tell us about yourself? Who are, who are you? What do you do? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'd be thrilled to. Um, I'm a native of Iowa. I have been in the financial services industry, you know, my entire adult life. In 2007, I joined one of the largest mortgage providers uh, in the nation, which of course was a very interesting time to, you know, take a step into the industry. Um, and I fell in love right away, even though that was a, you know, a bit of an interesting time. Um, it just, you know, I loved being able to help customers, um, achieve their American dream of home ownership. Um, so that was something really special to me. And I, you know, as I, uh, became aware of Loan Depot and was watching what Anthony Shea was doing, um, with this really very special company and, you know, how, technology, technology savvy he was and the company was and how customer focused the company was, I knew this was an organization that I wanted to be a part of. And I was fortunate enough to do that in 2017. So I made the move from Iowa to California um, and joined the, joined the team as the SVP of customer experience. And it's been a really special ride. So SVP of customer experience. So that's a, there's so much talk in the industry about the, the digital mortgage process and, and the experience for, uh, for, for, um, for applicants through the digital process. But how does the at Loan Depot with your, with your focus and in, in massive footprint in retail, what is, what does customer experience mean at Loan Depot and, and how does that, what, what do you do in your day to day? Um, well, specifically in my day-to-day, -day, um, I work really, really closely with both our retail sales folks and our direct sales folks, making sure that we're maximizing um, every single customer touch point and allowing our customers to be served in the way that they want to be served and that each experience is as delightful as possible, um, which, you know, working really closely with our sales folks in that way, I think is really neat and something you know, as, as a lot of folks are transitioning into more of a digital platform, I think one thing that is really cool and I'm really proud of about Loan Depot is we haven't forgotten about that consultative experience with our customers. Um, so that's really where my focus is throughout the day. And I feel very fortunate to be able to work with great teams uh, like Retail and Direct. 
Awesome. Well, uh, well, thanks. Thanks for that intro, TJ. So kind of jump into the, the meat of our conversation. Uh, we want to we want to tie this in with some of the themes and, and articles that our that our team at Housing Wire has been covered. And uh, a, a week and a half ago, uh, we hosted our our second annual Engage Marketing Summit in Charlotte, and we're we're thrilled to have a few of your team members uh, fly out. And yeah, that was cool. Us. That was super cool. It's, it was just great to see such a large representation from from retail and consumer direct and, and broker shops and money center depository banks kind of all come together and um, and a lot of people have uh, have some some shared challenges and there was just a lot of great networking and, and, and knowledge sharing that went on and we're thrilled to have your team take part in that uh, during the conference I had the I, I usually kind of sit behind the scenes at housing wire but I had the chance to get up on stage and, and have my fun and, and host a session with with, uh, with two execs from the industry, Casey Crawford from Movement Mortgage and Vishal Gard from, from Better. And one of the themes that came out is that the, the one-click mortgage is, is not an end game in the mortgage industry. And this was kind of a surprise because Vishal in the past has been pretty vocal about, uh, about trying to kind of disrupt the loan officer and create a complete end-to-end uh, digital experience. And Loan Depot has been at the forefront of it, of investing in digital technology. So I'm, I'm really interested yeah. in, in your perspective since you do have so much exposure to the, to the, to the digital mortgage process, as well as your, your, your direct business and your large retail network. Um, what's your view? Do you see the digital mortgage or the one click experience as, as the end game? And, and how, how do you see LOs kind of playing into that process? So I'll, I'll jump on that first. Um, yeah. I see a lots of cool stuff coming with technology and mortgage. I mean, we were chatting before we started hitting record here, Clayton, you know, and the, the experience a customer goes through to get a mortgage um, has been, is very difficult and frustrating for everybody, for the mortgage professional, for the customer, for all the processes behind it, all the paper that's needed. Um, it's not an enjoyable experience and, the, and there's tons of angst in a mortgage process. You know, am I going to get my approval? Am I, I going to lose the home I love? You know, what's going to happen here? And so where I'm thrilled and excited is the reality is that technology is gonna come in and start to connect some of the disparate parts of this industry. Mm -hmm. It's going to allow customers, within our lifetime, we will see the one-click approvals. Mm -hmm. I really believe that because it's just, it's just a matter of time before technology continues to connect all the broken pieces. I mean, already, we're already seeing tons of that right now with the existing platform of Mellow here. So we're already seeing it connect income and assets and appraisal right. waivers and third-party vendors and all the order outs and verifs. It's already doing a lot of that cool work. And so it's going to do that. And it's going to provide the customers with an experience where they can be like that, that certainty is there. You know, but the undeniable truth is that you, you can't remove the human consultative process with a soul out of the equation. You know, you cannot replace somebody who has 30 years experience with every down payment and bond program and, and city initiative and reno option and, and have them sit down with somebody and really go through what the best option is for their life and their family. Um, and I think that it's, you know, we, maybe we'll be surprised and customers won't want that, but the, I'm pretty close to the, to the field and to the customer and I am one. And I just don't see that replacing humans, not in that response, not in that regard. I do see it doing dramatically cool things to make sure that the process is transparent, that there is speed to certainty. That's right. All those cool things that, that I think technology does in a lot of other industries, mm -hmm. it'll do here. Um, and, and, but the, but the human part will never go away, at least not in my lifetime. I mean, I think the best technology is technology that again, allows the customer to be served in the way that the customer wants to be served. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's where the opportunity really lies in my opinion, as technology advances, particularly in our industry. Yeah. 
So TJ, with your focus on customer experience, are you are, are you out talking to to borrowers and consumers about about what they prefer, or how how are you kind of studying the the consumer preference and, and helping to or, like use organizational design to implement that that preference and make sure you're kind of aligned with what the consumer expectation is? Yeah, I mean we're always you know studying industry trends, consumer trends, talking with consumers. Um, at Loan Depot, we have a really vast and robust VOC voice of the customer framework, mm-hmm. wherein at you know several different touch points during the process, we're getting direct feedback from the customers about how they felt, um, what went really well, what they may have wished you know might have been tweaked here or there, um, and really understanding that deep experience that they are going through on an individual basis. And then you know I sort of alluded to it earlier how much I enjoy working with each of our sales teams across direct and retail, and this is chiefly one of the reasons why we share that feedback generally in real time um, so that we can make sure on a, you know, 50,000 foot level or 35,000 foot level and um, a granular file level that we are um, creating this great experience for our customers and really taking into account what they say to us and share with us every step of the way to make the process even better. And so Alec kind of coming back to um, like the, the loan originator always playing a role in the process. Do you, so does that role change over time? I mean, like if, if technology is enabling a faster process and a a faster um, approval and clear to close, like what happens to the role of the LO? Does it become more consultative? Like, like where do they, how, how do they thrive in a world that's like kind of more digitally enabled? So that's like the best softball pitch ever, (laughs) by the way. I I don't even know if you know that either. Cause I I talk about this all the time. Um, because I love this topic. I think this is, that's the exact right question. Um, you know, we talk about it in our orientation. We talk about it with our loan officers yeah. and our trainings. You know, what is the future of the, of the loan officer? And I think that if you, if you look backwards, you know, one of the, the you have to recognize that the skill sets of the originator demand a change. So, for example, in the, in the old days when I was originating, the glory, you know, the glory days, <laughs> you know, you had to be a masterful underwriter as a loan officer. You had to be. You had to be able to look at a package and understand how to tweak, how to calculate the income or which LP or DU, and, and you, had to be, you had to be able to structure a loan and really understand how, and in fact, a lot of us would win deals because we could outstructure the competition. In fact, I ask loan officers all the time, how many of you want a deal because you could do it and somebody else couldn't? And the answer, they all raise their hands. But in the future, you realize technology is going to continue to do a lot of that. And it's already doing a lot of that. It's already verifying income and assets. And it's like, well, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to look at it anymore. The tech's doing all that. And so I think the skill set of the modern originator is going to change in several capacities. Number one, they're going to have to become a much bigger influencer directly to consumers. I think that consumers are taking the wheel a lot more in the real estate process. The MLS is no longer hidden behind, you know, the firewall with the real estate agents. Mm -hmm. And so now the consumer is driving a lot more of the process when in the past, especially when I was originating, the realtor was driving the entire process. But now you see customers choosing their own vendors, they're choosing their own mortgage companies, they're choosing their own real, they're they're not being uh, directed as much anymore. And so when when we look at a loan officer today, if they're doing the old thing they used to do, which is sit behind realtors, beg for referrals, and, and claim that their 30 years experience in structuring loans is going to be an advantage, they're screwed because they've got to get to the customer. They've got to get social. They've got to get 
into this influencer position and they got to earn a right at the table. You know, that, that's my biggest like critique for loan officers today is no matter how good you are, no matter how smart you are, how many years and experience you have, how many loans you've done, if you don't show up in a big way for a customer directly, you are not even going to be at the table when they're making their decision on who to get their financing from. So we've, for years, we've been talking about how LOs can, can get more referrals from realtors. It sounds like that conversation has completely flipped. And now it's how can LOs provide more value to, to realtors and actually refer business the, the other direction. Um, is, is that even really that important? If, if the originator becomes, ha, has the direct line to the consumer, does the realtor and originator relationship just completely change and or, or, or does that kind of that, that, that bond and that relationship kind of maintain a, a degree of importance? Like what's, what's your view there? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think the realtors are evolving too right now. Uh, and I think a ton won't either. Right. So they're going to be in the same bus that's not changing, mm -hmm. but there are a ton of realtors out there who still maintain lots of influence in their local market because they're hustlers, they're working. I mean, a realtor today, I see different kinds. There's the lead aggregation realtor, right? Who just Zillow lead buys a million times, has six lenders who help yeah. buy the Zillow leads, and they're just an aggregator. And, and that's fine if it's working for them. But then I see the local uh, realtors who are actually still door knocking, finding listings that are off market, like really hustling for their customers, as opposed to just trying to buy leads. And I got 100 leads and one's going to be a deal. And so I think that the realtor's position in the market is going to continue to be pivotal and, and important. The ones that are working it the right way that are really committed to helping customers in their local market find the home that's right for them, as opposed to the aggregators. I think they're going to have some problems. They're going to have to pivot. Um, you know, I was talking, I was joking with somebody that if Zillow went away tomorrow and there's no more Zillow leads, there's a lot of realtors that would be out of business. I mean that their whole market is kind of in that world. So I do think they still have a huge role to play in the industry. I think they're going to be relevant for a long time. I think they're gonna to have to change though on how they operate. I don't think just like lending though, it's not, it's not a critique. It's like I'm looking in the mirror too we have to continue to pivot our sales skills and our strategies too. So, so as you're coaching your, your branches and your LOs in the Southwest region, like how are you advising originators to work in their communities and work with realtor partners, other referral partners? Like, like, like what is your coaching strategy and your advice as this market dynamic kind of shifts? So we launched a, um, a training playbook at Loan Depot that I had a, I had a great part in helping create. So I'm really passionate about it. And it's called the modern lending playbook. And it was kind of our guide to our originators to say, hey, in the future, these are the skill sets you're going to have to really hone in on. Here's a path to start creating these to maintain your relevance, to earn your seat at the table. And so when you look at that the, on the origination side, it really starts to boil down to about four areas. The first is they have to be diligent to build a really impactful brand. Because the, the days of, you know, the, refer, the, the, the realtor saying you're amazing and that's all that matters is not here anymore you've got to be investing in social media in third party validations in putting out great content and creating an image for yourself because otherwise you're basically getting, you're commodifying yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have hundred million dollar producers that I know personally that if you Google them, nothing shows up and it's like, you do, you're amazing and no one knows this. And when they look for you, no one sees this. And so the first thing that any customer is going to say is what's your rate? Cause they don't know that you've helped, you know, 10,000 people in, your city and you're amazing. So there's a huge lean on making sure our salespeople show up well and they, 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 they build their brands so they can, they can really maintain their relevance. We go into the second topic, which is digital marketing. 
um, people just think posting online is marketing and it's terribly annoying. <laughs> and there's lots of them. They just post all the yep. time. You're like, just stop. Like, you're killing me. I have to mute you because it's incredibly crazy. But there is like, but that's people that don't want to be in social media. You know, you have to realize that's where all the people are. You need to go where the people are. You know, that was like in the old days saying, I, I work with realtors, but I never go to open houses and visit them. <laughs> like, well, that's where they are. <laughs> it's going to be hard. So you've got to have a strategy around this and, and you got to have some intentionality around your digital efforts, even if it's just building an audience because you're new and you don't have anybody there. You got to know how to do that and step into it. And then the third one, which is really cool for the retail people is local marketing. That's the cool stuff where you just lean into your community and make sure you're having an impact there and spreading out your, your influence amongst the people you live with. It's amazing how many loan officers in their cities um, don't do that. And they like, they imprison themselves in their office. And I'm like, all the people are right around you. Like, just go hang out there and start making an impact. Um, so we have a cool training on that. And then, of course, on our fourth one, we do have the old tried and true referral partners because we do love our realtors and our home builders. There are many of them that are doing amazing stuff. And there are new ways to partner with them, though, to your point earlier, right? Like, we leverage Mellow and our, our, our digital lead aggregation process to actually send referrals to realtors. We've sent around almost 10,000 deals since April last year to realtors across the country. So we are partnering in new ways with those guys. You have to. Yeah, that's, inc that's incredible. So on, um, so we were talking about building a local market presence and, and yeah. being a, a brand in the community. When, when you're part of an organization like Lone Depot, how do you balance kind of building the brand around Lone Depot versus building the brand around, um, Joe Smith, hundred million dollar producer in Scottsdale. Like how do you balance that within like kind of the particular community and um, where, where are you seeing your originators have the most success and like um, originator first or brand first in terms of uh, marketing strategy? Such a good question. You know, what's really interesting is we've pioneered the Lone Depot brand into new markets over and over across the country. You know, as we've grown organically, we have opened up Lone Depot and, and had people in the local market go, I've never heard of Lone Depot before. Um, and so there is a balance in, in branding both, you know, but there is huge benefit in the Lone Depot brand as it's, as an, as a compliment to the loan officer, because as customers get more experience with us and as the realtor partners and home builders get more experience with us, they develop a confidence that Lone Depot is going to make it happen. And, you know, it's been amazing watching that wave kind of hit certain markets as we've gotten deeper in that market. You know, when I, when I was in just managing SoCal and I started here, we had like three offices and now we have like 14. And, and there's true believers now on the Lone Depot platform who are like, I love Lone Depot. People like, they want confidence in the platform. Uh, at the same time, they, they don't want to be working with Joe Schmo. They want to be working with somebody who they have confidence in personally. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's where I think the power kind of comes together with a, with, a, with a big brand and a personal brand. We don't encourage hiding behind the big brand because that dehumanizes the process. And we don't believe that's, that's the way customers want to be served. But at the same time, we don't want them to ignore the power that comes with being, you know, the number one retail company in the country. It gives you some street cred when you're going out there and talking to people that the platform can perform. So it's a little bit of both. You know, when we go to new markets, it it's, it's, tends to be a lot about the new originator we brought on board because they built their whole community and career there. And then as the, as the brand deepens in the, in, the plat, in, the, in the process and in the, in the marketing, it's amazing what it does when it takes root. I, I, I remember people that are now, you know, bleeding purple and green. And in the beginning, they're like, oh, the colors, I hate them. <laughs> now, it's like, you know, they're wearing it in, in their, on their heart. So it's cool.
That seems to be like a universal truth. Anytime a, a, a bright or disruptive brand is introduced, people are uh, hesitant and, uh, and, and poke holes and then it, it, it grabs on. I, I feel like um, Mr. Cooper might be an example of that. Yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you my best story. Uh, I, the one I, one I love the most about embracing, embracing the brand. Um, so we hired a, a new guy and I think it was in Tennessee. It was in the South for sure. And we get Home Depot a lot. <laughs> And it just, it's just, but I, I love it. So this guy, this guy's a new hire and he puts a video on LinkedIn of himself in a Home Depot parking lot. So it's in the background and he's on the phone and he's, you know, faking a call to his boss and he's like, Hey, I'm here. And uh, my first day, I'm really excited, you know, home. And, and he's like, what? Loan, Loan Depot? Like, Oh no, I'm at the wrong place. And it's on social media. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this guy just did it. Like he was, he just, he did it. He did what everyone talks about. And Anthony Shea commented, and I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be good. And Anthony was like, oh, you missed me. I was on aisle seven. That's where my office is in, in plumbing. And I, <laughs> I fell over dying. Like, you just got to embrace it. You know, it, it was so good. Um, but, yeah, it is fun to watch the brand, you know, take hold in markets and really get established. And we know how prolific Anthony can be on LinkedIn. So I'm sure that got, oh, some, got some serious reach once he, uh, once he commented on it. Yes, it launches. <laughs> All right. So, so kind of tie, tying this conversation in with a, another headline we've been watching this week, and we were coming out of this, this news and conversations from Engage about the, the importance of human touch in the mortgage process. And last Friday, uh, Loan Depot, you announced that you're, you're hiring over a thousand loan originators. I, it, TJ, you can tell me the, the exact number here. But I'm just, I'm, I'm really curious to hear about the, the strategy behind this massive push of, of adding more originators and how that plays in a time where technology is helping your current originators be, be more productive and clo close more loans per month. And um, so there, you know, there, there's, there's two ways to, to continue scaling a business, um, make people and your, your sales team more effective or, or add more salespeople. It seems like you're doing both at the same time. So I'm really curious about how the strategy kind of came to play and want to want to hear you hear the story from you, TJ. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I think you, you know, hit the nail on the head. We are leveraging our proprietary technology to um, be more efficient, um, to create advan you know, advantages for our customers and our LOs. Um, and that does allow us to scale and, you know, add additional LOs to our staff. Um, to your point, we plan to, before the year's out, add about 1,300 additional LOs to our staff. Um, many of them will be in our direct lending footprint locations. We have five across the country. Um, we're adding, you know, a few hundred or more across our retail channel. Um, and we plan to um, bring several hundred folks on board through our ACES program, which is our proprietary um, sort of educational program. It's a mortgage apprenticeship, if you will, where we bring folks in paid training um, and teach them how to be, you know, a part of the best team in the business and how to really be successful serving customers. Have you, have you heard about ACES before, Clayton? I have not. So oh, it's yeah. incredible because it's, it's, it's one of those things that you always wish about because we're such an uh, apprenticeship style business, mm -hmm. right? Where you come in, and there's no training, there's no, there's no mortgage education, you know, the process. <laughs> and so Lone Depot has ACEs, which is Accelerated Career and Effective Sales, and they bring in people who are not licensed, that have never, barely know what a mortgage is potentially, and they, they provide all the training for these people. They get them licensed, sometimes in multiple states, mm -hmm. often, mm -hmm. and they put them through this really robust training situation, and they actually get them working with customers. It's incredible. 
Um, it's just, I love that they're bringing new blood in the industry. You know, right. one of the things that I'm always passionate about is that there's a lack of new blood in this industry. Yep. Like it keeps getting smaller and we're like the same people, like still yeah. like, but I love what direct does with aces and they bring in great people and they train them and they really launch them into a really successful career. And then, you know, at Lone Depot, whether they want to stay in consumer direct or, or move into retail, you know, we have the kind of a full opportunity for them long term. So it's really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. I mean, I think we've created a framework at Lone Depot where originators can be successful, whether it's by use of our technology, whether it's by use of our training. I mean, it's really neat. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone else else really employ that strategy. For ACEs, are you seeing any particular backgrounds that are more successful than others as they come into the program and, and learn the mortgage world? You know, there's there's a wide variety of folks that have been really successful coming in into our ACEs program and out of our ACEs program. You know, I think folks that do have, you know, sort of that appetite to serve customers um, that are really, really comfortable um, with, you know, sort of that sales process tend to do well. Um, but so do others. I mean, that's the beautiful thing. I mean, the ACEs program really can show you from, you know, A to Z. Um, how to be successful in this awesome industry that we're all so proud to work in. Yeah, and people find out really quickly in the program if they want to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, they're like, ah, not for me. And then, you know, they kind of self-select out. We don't, we don't, we don't sugarcoat it. it it's, yeah. It's a hard job, man. Do you, do you have, like, kind of with, with that, like, comment, do you have, like, it's like some like knowledge on like ratios of like how many people come into those type of programs that end up being like successful originators or stay past 12 months or, or anything like that. I don't, I don't have actual stats, but anecdotally, I know some of our best originators in direct mm -hmm. came through aces uh -huh. um, because the, you know, it, it, a lot of us, and this is just my personal take, but there's a lot of baggage in the mortgage industry too. I think a lot of things have to be unlearned, you know, that were learned poorly. And so sometimes somebody coming in with like a fresh perspective, mm -hmm. And they're just kind of like, well, why, why don't we just do it like this? And what do you mean? And, and that, that's really cool to see. And they really thrive in that kind of environment because they're not coming in with expectations that are warped. So with the, with the lion's share of those roles from, from ACEs and the other hiring buckets and that 1300 coming into the, uh, into the direct channel, is that based around any certain kind of market bets or, or conditions that you're seeing right now of why you want to kind of beef up in the direct channel versus kind of feed on the street um, in different geographies? You know, I think we're we're definitely equally invested in our in our channels, and we believe in the success in you know all of the channels that we serve. Um, I think there's an opportunity, you know, right now to look at this as from sort of a global perspective on how um, this total hiring number allows us to serve local market customers exceptionally well and serve those customers that may be you know, more desirous of, you know, a uh, phone call or more, more, more digital experience. Yeah. Um, well, so and, I think that's a, that's, you know, kind of a cool way to look at it. You know, this, this hiring um, initiative really allows us to serve, you know, a lot of customers to the best of our ability. Yeah, and the other piece of it too, that's just, you know, understanding how uh, direct, direct centers work versus retail, you know, retail, we tend to be around 80 to 90% purchase business. Um, directs tends to be almost the inverse in refinance business. Mm -hmm. Now that that may shift over time, but that's traditionally how it goes. And we're entering into a pretty dramatic rate rally, mm -hmm. um, and we think there's going to be a, a huge opportunity in the refinance world. And so um, we're we're positioned to take advantage of it. And this is kind of one of our strategies to get in there and take advantage of it. So we're definitely hearing from people that that they're seeing a kind of a mini refi boom right now, even though a lot of the 
the the best credits are already um, have already refied and are at pretty competitive rates, but we're kind of getting back to a territory where there's a big refi opportunity. Um, yeah. Everybody keeps talking about a uh, a tailwind behind first time home buyers, and that we're we still have a, a huge purchase opportunity. Um, kind of being being in the market, Alec. I mean, how, how are you looking at where do you see uh, the biggest strength in your origination channel right now? And um, and what do you are you more excited about refi or, or purchase? Kind of coming into the second half of nineteen and and looking out to twenty twenty. Well, I, I I was raised in purchase business, so you know I didn't mention this in my story, but in two thousand three, there was a lot of people doing refis. Mm-hmm. I got really lucky and I got placed with a really great mentor who just told me to go after real estate agents. And, and I didn't know what a refi was for a while because I was just dumb and naive. And I, and I really cut my teeth in the purchase business. And I, all of us really know that the purchase world tends to create that sustainability in mortgage because people buy homes, people move. There's lots of stuff going on. Depending on how rates move, the refinance market kind of waves through our industry. And so, you know, we stay pretty focused on our side about purchase. We work with a lot of home builders as well and excited to watch them build and continue to go on. So refinance has kind of become a nice to have for us in, our, in, the retail, in, in my world. Um, but we actually, you know, with, with rates being where they are, it's really going to push the purchase world forward. I mean, it just increases buying power. Mm-hmm. So we're super focused on what we do and, and on, on the purchase work market. And we're really excited to see with this next, that this year is going to be a great year. It's going to bring its own issues with it because when you hit these kind of markets, there's always capacity issues and it's like, oh my God, um, but it's also really exciting because, you know, you'd rather have those issues than there's not enough loans. Um, and so it, it's going to be a killer year. And we're written really focused to make sure we don't lose our sight on the purchase requirements of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, let's serve as many customers as we can serve and really help the, help the, help the homeowner, you know, get their payment where they need it. So all we need is a lot more inventory and everything will work, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's why we're, we're, we're really big on renovation loans, baby. We love those things because we help create some inventory. It's all good. We don't even have time to get into this, but we published an article uh, late last week about Freddie's new renovation yeah. product. Like, Oh my God. I think every mortgage professional in the country read that thing. Like, I think we're about almost broke our site on Friday with traffic to that article. I was like, all right, I guess we know what people care about right now. Yeah. Creating inventory. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, Alec, TJ, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. my pleasure uh, hearing what you're working on at Loan Depot, helping give some context to the coverage that our, our team of editors and reporters are, are working on here at Housing Wire. So, so much appreciated. And um, hopefully this is valuable for our audience to hear, hear from two people who are making, moving markets forward and making things happen in the mortgage industry. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Clayton. Awesome, man. Thanks, Clayton. Uh, a big thank you to our Housing Wire listeners and readers for, for joining us today. A special thanks to Alcina Lloyd, our report, Housing Wire reporter and the producer on the Housing Wire News podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Blend, who also just closed a $130 million Series E. That is a, that is a hefty fundraising. Um, congrats to that team. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what comes next. Um, big thank you and uh, see you next week. 